You're listening to the Tax Bits podcast, where we provide bite-sized tax updates and news that impact you and your loved ones. As always, you can find show notes and resources for each episode at cartaxlaw.com. Now, here's your host, Jason Carr. Hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to episode two of the Tax Bits podcast. It's hard to believe it's been a month since I put out the first episode, but I've been so busy with tax season, the days have just really started to run together. In any case, I'm really glad you're tuning in and ready to get started. This month, I want to talk about what you should do if you have unfiled tax returns from prior tax years. In my world, many of my clients who come to me for help with tax debt almost always have unfiled tax returns, three years on average, but I've seen some with 10 or more years. So if you're in this boat, that is, you you miss filing for one or more years and you're now ready to get back into compliance, this episode is absolutely for you. Okay, first, let's talk about a substitute for return or SFR as the IRS typically refers to them. The government just loves their acronyms. If you have several years unfiled tax returns, the IRS may go ahead and prepare your tax return based on information they have on your file. If that sounds scary, it gets worse because the real purpose of substitute tax returns is so that the IRS can assess tax and start the collection process against you. This is where the really bad stuff starts happening, like liens and levies. Both things I'll be talking about in future episodes. Okay, so if you're in this situation, you basically have two options. First, you can petition the tax court, but you have to do this within 90 days of receiving your statutory notice of deficiency, which I'll discuss shortly. Or second, you can file an original tax return. And by original tax return, remember, you haven't filed a tax return, so this is an original tax return, meaning you're just filing it for the first time, so it's not an amended tax return. A lot of people think that if they haven't filed, they need to file an amended tax return. Absolutely not the case. So in almost every case, filing an original return is going to be the best option because the original tax return can be filed and processed within about the same amount of time it would take to appear before the tax court. And it's a lot more inexpensive because you can do it without having to hire someone like me to represent you in court. Okay, so you will typically discover that the IRS is prepared to substitute tax return when you receive an assessment letter in the mail that says the government proposes to assess taxes on you based on the information it has in its possession. That's usually your W-2s and 1099 forms and other tax documents that it has on file. So, for instance, if you work during a particular year for an employer, They sent your earnings into the IRS. The IRS has that on file. Uh, So that's the income that they're going to use for the substitute for return. And in case you're asking yourself, self, how does the IRS calculate the tax owed? Well, the agency will prepare a substitute return that's in the best interest of the government. And I'm, I'm doing air quotes here. Best interest of the government. Think about that. That's another way of saying your substitute return isn't going to get any breaks and you're going to get screwed. No deductions, no credits, and you'll almost always owe them some money. Odds are that the IRS's unfriendly calculation of your tax will be a lot more than if you'd taken deductions and applied tax credits on a properly t- filed tax return. So the SFRs are designed to get the collections process started against you while also giving you an incentive to go ahead and file original returns for the unfiled years. Now, with respect to the assessment letter I just mentioned, it will give you a rundown of the sources of income that the IRS used to compute the tax. And after you get over the surprise of receiving the letter, you have you only have 30 days from the date of the letter to take steps to address your tax liability. In this situation, you, you have three options. First, you can send the IRS a signed and completed tax return. 
Next, you can send them what's called a consent to assessment and collection. This means you're okay with the numbers that the IRS has for your return uh, for the SFR. Never a good idea. Or third, you can give the IRS a statement that provides the reason why you aren't required to file a tax return. This is a very specific situation, uh, very unique, and it's not something I'm going to get into today. If you think that might apply to you, give me a call. Uh, but remember, either way, you need to act fast. You have only 30 days to reply to the IRS assessment letter. But what happens if you don't make that deadline? Well, undaunted, the IRS will send you a second letter called a statutory notice of deficiency. This statutory notice of deficiency ups the ante, and it's sent by certified mail. So you'll have to sign for it and acknowledge receipt. This should give you some indication that the IRS means business. The statutory notice of deficiency is a signal that the IRS intends to move forward as if their proposed tax assessment detailed in the first letter is correct. This means that they're going into full IRS collection mode, and they'll do whatever it takes to begin collecting any unpaid tax, penalties, and interest that you owe. Take a second and review the notice of deficiency carefully if you get one. The notice will explain the procedure and your right to dispute the tax assessment in tax court. You have 90 days to take one of the actions you had with the initial assessment letter. To review, those options are file an original tax return, file a consent to assessment and collection, or send the IRS a statement that explains why you're not required to file a return. Okay, so assuming you're, you've decided to file an original tax return to correct an SFR, one thing to recognize is the process isn't necessarily fast. As is always the case with the federal government, things move very, very slowly. In fact, it can take the IRS a few months to a year to complete its processing of your finally filed tax returns. This is especially true in the age of the pandemic. Uh, they're just way behind. Everything's taking longer than normal. The good news is that they typically won't try to collect the tax while they're doing their processing. Uh, you just get a collection hold put on your account. But you do need to keep making payments on any plans you've set up with the IRS if you have any outstanding balances for other years. So if you're already in an installment plan for other years and you're waiting for this this newly filed return to be processed, you need to keep making those payments. So getting back to the filing of the original return, here's what you need to do. Put on your deer stalker cap, a la Sherlock Holmes, go into investigation mode, and try to find as much documentation as you're able. This includes records such as any notices, letters, valentines, or holiday cards received from the IRS, any tax forms like W-2s, 1099s, mortgage interest statements, interest income, anything that looks official, has a number on it, and mentions taxes. You're going to need it. A breakdown of your business income and expenses if you're self-employed, and the last tax return you filed. That, that's always going to be helpful. Collect these documents, or as many as you can find in your Holmesian investigation, and proceed with the process of completing your original returns. You can, of course, complete them yourself or hire someone to help you. But what if you can't find the records I just mentioned? Perhaps they've been lost during a move or divorce, or you went out of business and your now ex-partner who had the records can't be located, won't return your calls or burn them. No matter the circumstances, what do you do if you want to file past due tax returns but just can't find your records? First, don't panic. Or if you've already done that, check that box off. Second, you should know that some of the standard documents can be obtained from the IRS. This includes things like your W-2 and 1099s. You can get this information from your what's called your wage and income transcripts, which you can obtain by calling up the IRS. And if you're missing records from your expenses, you're going to have to recreate a summary from your bank statements, credit card statements, and sales receipts if you're a business owner. Not ideal, but case law has established you have the right to do this so long as the expenses you claim are reasonable in your line of business. If you have no business 
And even if you have no expense records or deductions you might otherwise have been able to take, you'll still have the standard deduction. Either way, it's going to be a better outcome than the SFR where zero deductions were allowed. Now, I know this sounds daunting, especially where there are no records available. A wise man once said, do your best. It's the best you can do. That applies here. Get together as many documents as you can and proceed with a good faith filing. Never make things up. Report all income shown in your transcripts and any income you know that doesn't show up. And do your best on the deduction side of things. And if doing this process yourself is not something you have any interest in whatsoever, seek out assistance from an experienced tax attorney or CPA to handle it all for you. Okay, everyone, that's all I have this month and what you need to do if you have unfiled tax returns. Remember, if you've received an IRS letter about unfiled tax returns, stay calm, you have rights, and there is a way to navigate the situation, even if you have no records right now and even if you have several years of unfiled returns. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll be back next month with another episode. Take care, everyone. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please tell your friends and colleagues to visit cartaxlaw.com. Cartaxlaw.com. Thanks for listening, and be sure to tune in next time for another edition of the Tax Bits Podcast. Podcast.